back to another episode of the Pitch Pod, everyone. I'm your host, Jeff Stebbins. With me, as always, is my co-host here at the Pitch Pod, Joe Janner. Joe, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing well. Happy to be here, as always. Really looking forward to the conversation on our review of Liverpool's versus Real Madrid's Champions League match, along with a preview of the EFL Cup final, Manchester United versus Newcastle. So, again, as always, happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. As Joe said, we will. This this video is about making predictions. We will be making predictions about the upcoming game, Manchester United versus Newcastle. It's an EFL Cup final match. It's going to be fun. Two great teams from the Premier League. So we can't wait to get to that and, and start talking about that. But before we do, we have to go back and look back at last week's game. That was just phenomenal. It was – we both had different predictions going into it, but I don't think either of us imagined what would take place with Real Madrid, not just winning, but just dominating the match as far as goals scored. I think Joe's going to come to some other points and, and, and talk about possession a little bit, some, some statistics there. But when you look at the scoreboard itself, wow, that's an impressive victory from Real Madrid that I don't think a whole lot of people saw coming, really. Um, Joe, what, were, what was your take on the game? I mean, starting with the result and the scoreline stuff, I think you're absolutely right. I don't know anybody that looked and figured that was going to be the case. I know you made the prediction, which, by the way, in terms of Real Madrid winning. So hats off to you there. I didn't think it was going to be that type of game. I mean, I thought as in line with, or rather on script with what we'd seen a lot in these types of contests where teams would take some time to, to feel each other out, if you will, it was everything, but, and, and sometimes I reflected on a lot of, you know, it almost felt like the way that the Liverpool got started as if they had not forgotten about the previous final that they were in, which is again, one of the reasons why we, made this our match of the week is that it was going to be a rematch from the final. And in a sense, they opened up and went for it early on and, and had the opportunity to score early, a, a brilliant finish by Nunez there. I mean, those are the types of finishes you dream about making, but not only in training, but also let alone in a, in a match of this type, you, you, you work, work that out. It's probably again, get, let's just say he probably had practiced that a hundred, maybe a thousand times making that type of finish, but Again, in that type of contest, to go up one nil early on. You had Liverpool just had to be on fire, just feel like, okay, we are here, We're, we can win this one. And then to score a second one, again, it was off a mistake of the goalkeeper, but Salah to be in a position to finish and to go up two nil again early, had to have good feelings. And then to carry on and then to drop a goal, again, probably I think we're going to get to it, Jeff. For me, the goal of the match, Benicia's juniors finished there to get their first goal there. I mean, maybe a little bit passive in the Liverpool defense, but the way that his ability, you know, you give a striker a yard or a yard and a half, even in this case, he can find the back of the net. And, and sure enough, he did to go. And that changed the complexity of the whole match there. I think everybody that was present, everybody's watching, was like, oh, okay, this is game is far from being over. And then for them to level it 2-2, to go into the half that way, I mean, really, that was probably for me, I think, a reality in the sense of knowing what we're in for for the rest of the match. And sure enough, again, going into just talking about goals and talking about results, I don't think anybody had figured that was going to be the case. 
Yeah, when when Liverpool went up two two nil, I, you know, I I didn't think things looked good. I wasn't I wasn't too optimistic, and I did predict Real Madrid. Thank you for pointing that out, winning, but not that goal discrepancy. No, no, no. And I did also I I did shout out Benzema, and I thought that he would have a pretty big game, which he did. But as you pointed out, I think the guy that really kept Real Madrid in the match and really built momentum for him was Vinny Jr., Vinicius Jr. for Real Madrid. And those goals that he had really just energized the team, energized the crowd, and it seemed like after his first goal, things just switched around drastically. Yes, his second goal, you could say, was maybe a little bit lucky, but it came out of him pressuring the opposing team and putting pressure on their keep and defense and, and, and again, bringing that energy level to, to, to the pitch. And so even though that second goal, yeah, it wasn't pretty by any means or orchestrated by any means, but it happened coming as a result of his hard work and being at the right place at the right time. So yeah, hats off to him, and I'm sure we'll come back to him uh, here in a little bit. But, yeah, Benzema also, Real Madrid had a great game and definitely had a goal himself, um, even though it was slightly def- you know, deflected off the defense. It was still, he, he still had a really good match himself. Um, so, yeah, Real Madrid, they played great. They showed up. They were ready built that momentum despite being down 2-0 early on against a, a quality Liverpool team. I mean, I, I, I do think that, you know, we, we've mentioned that this Liverpool team, they're either on or they're off. And I, I, I think that's the problem is, you know, they showed signs in the beginning and then kind of fell back in that slump that they've been in. Well, you, you said it. I mean, yeah, you don't know which Liverpool side you're going to get in any given match. Was, which is indicative of, in some cases, a, a struggling side, a struggling club, that, you know, a lot that needs to be fixed and a lot that needs to be improved upon. Still, I think they're a good side. I still think there's quality players. And I still think that they can continue to do well in league play. I think this result, though, is almost all, all but eliminate them from there. Again, they have to play the game. That's why we're going to be looking forward to the upcoming match with them in the Champions League. But I don't know that when you come away from a game like that, you can't be going, something's got to give, something's got to change. Cause you can't be as a supporter or anybody that's following. You can't be that excited about what Liverpool is doing this campaign. And it, it raises some serious questions. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So Joe, a couple questions for you, as far as the stats, you know, what stood out to you when you, when you were viewing the stats of the game, you know, what were some big plays that you saw throughout the game? And then lastly, you know, I, I don't I don't want to give a whole lot of emphasis on, you know, what Real Madrid could have done better. But, you know, obviously Liverpool started out strong and then things changed. I guess if you were the manager, what would you have done if you saw that happen during the game? Would you have shifted players back, been more defensive minded or um, I mean, I, I don't even know where to begin, but. Those are kind of my questions for you are, you know, what, what do the stats say when you look at the final stats of the game and, you know, what were the key moments? I think you mentioned one already with Vinny Jr.'s goal. 
And then lastly, okay, when you see the other team coming back, could the manager have done some strategic changes or formation changes that could have kept them in it? I mean, obviously the team has to perform, but is there an area there that the manager could have, you know, done better at, uh, done better on? Let's look at the stats first, because that's what you're yeah. you're asking about. Really try to consider. And, and again, I, I looked at this right after the match, probably didn't realize that this is exactly where we were. But if you were to look at these numbers, some of the stats, such as the shots on goal, the possession between each two teams, the, the passes that were made, the, the passing accuracy, fouls, yellow cards, even courts, almost exactly equal, Jeff. I mean, you're talking about both having nine shots, both five Liverpool shots on target, six Real Madrid. Liverpool, interestingly enough, was in possession more, 52 versus wow. the 48 position, 55 passes to 527. So, again, a completely equal, though, pass accuracy of 85%. I think the yellow cards, the corners, but almost exactly the same. So you don't, you would have looked at that objectively yeah, or subjectively an, you, either incredible. way and figured that that was going to be that, that word that a five, two game, that that was, that's what's transpired there. So I think that's what's significant to me that sort of just looking at numbers alone. And again, it's not always about numbers. It's like at the end of the day, there's a lot of determining factors that play into the way a team plays and the performance and the end result. In this case, you talk about key moments, you know, you go up to nil early. I mean, early as in the, in the 14th minute, you're probably not going to make a lot of changes. If anything, you're you're saying, can we go further? Can we score that third goal? Right. Because in that case, that would completely have shifted everything, scoring that third goal. And I think that's probably got to be Klopp's, uh, you know, perspective. I think if he was asked about that, he, he would say that the team was up for it and they're going to go for it. I mean, again, a little too open in a sense. and then. You have a situation where goalkeeper, you know, makes an, a mistake there to, you know, that that one you said lucky, whether it was we, we were told or we're taught not to coach lucky, unlucky. But that I think the hats off or what you suggested, his hard work, Vinicius Jr. to be in the right place, at the right time, pressuring the goalkeeper to force an error. Yeah, maybe the trajectory of the ball itself and the spin to, to flick over and find its way into the back of net. Wow. But that's a game. That's what we that's why we continue to get on. The pitch pod and talk about the game. That's why this is the, the international sport of billions of followers because of these types of moments. And that's why we keep tuning in. So, I mean, again, key moments. You asked me what I do. You saw it later. You saw some of the substitutions. I mean, we, I don't want to get too deep into the personnel and the selection, but you saw some of the substitutions later because the game almost shut off at the 65th minute. Once, interestingly enough, once it was 5 2, and you started bringing in some of these more veteran players, experienced players, and to, to, to help support in the midfield. Not a surprise that there weren't any additional goals allowed by Real Madrid. So maybe it's it is something that you have to go back and look at. And it's not only this match; it's maybe matches in the future. It's maybe a different perspective and mindset for for football for managers moving forward. What do you do when you have that early two 0 We talk about the, being the most dangerous scoreline in, in in the game. Here it is. It reared its ugly head again, if you will, especially if you're a Liverpool supporter. And that how do you go about securing a two 0 lead in a way? Do you have to think? Two is enough. Two goals are enough. I don't need to get that third. I'd rather much more. I'd rather put my emphasis and I'd rather put my energy into figuring out how I can keep the opposition from scoring that one because it changed everything. I mean, they, we got the one, they got the two. You go into the half, it's a completely different game. And again, I don't know if we talked about it enough. If you're just looking at the lineups, this is a Real Madrid 
team that I think was far superior in their personnel and their ability to to win this game. I mean, you want to get to another key moment? I think it was when they scored the the three the third goal to go ahead. Free kick awarded, rightfully so, in a dangerous position. He sends the kick over. A player unmarked essentially finds himself there. And I go back, and I've even been tweeting about it a little bit. It's this idea, the ongoing debate between man marking and, and zonal marking in these situations. Essentially, a sh- like a short corner. So you're kind of approaching the same sense. But, you know, wh- how, how is there not a player picking up the Real Madrid center back and allowing him to have a free header in that instance so i mean again can you go back to training can you go back to identifying key moments did they did they know that that's how real madrid would play i mean water on the bridge a little bit too far but for me i think recognizing your team their performance being up two nil and probably having to make some adjustments to to hold on to the lead would be even more significant than going for the third and that's what you saw you saw a liverpool side that was far too open far too exposed and real madrid capitalize on it to the to the name of five goals against a team at home we talked about it being a huge upset there to win but this is devastating so it's it's, it's tough it's got to be a lot for for both sides to move forward rather liverpool mostly basically to move forward from this and to try to figure out what they need to do to, to improve yes yeah, it's, it's definitely easy for me to be a monday morning quarterback here but if, if i'm managing that team after they're up to nil i drop defensive players back I'm very conservative, at least a 4-4-2, if not a 4-5-1. And we're just, we're man-marking, being cautious, knowing where Benzema is, knowing where Vinny Jr. is. And maybe that's, you know, what Liverpool should have done. You know, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Um, I I respect the fact that they're being aggressive and, and trying to put more on the board. But based on how they performed this year, I think that would have been the smart play that might have changed the outcome but joe i was kind of wondering i i i was thinking about this and and i was kind of wondering who who's your man of the match the person that had the biggest impact of the game the mvp and kind of why why do you pick that person i think we we've spoken of him i think it's Vinicius jr we almost didn't recognize him as being someone that was going to contribute to this but sure enough i mean his every time he has the ball he looks to be making something happen. He's an attacking threat. I think the way that, again, he found himself that half yard or a couple yards and a little bit passive on the Liverpool defenders to give him that space and that time to, to take that shot. But it's brilliant. It's a brilliant shot to go up 1-0, to carry on. To Again, you talked about his work ethic and his ability to press the keeper and to get that second goal. But then to stay on the pitch for 90 minutes and be a contributing factor – it, it makes it difficult for opposition when you got a player of that caliber on there on the field and what he does. So again, I'd give Vinicius Jr. the man of the match. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. That's also who I chose. I didn't mention him before the match. I, I, I think this was maybe his coming out party as far as his um, Real Madrid play. And, and so, yeah, he, I, I think he was the man of the match. Benzema also played great, but I think you have to give it to him. Yes, the goals, and actually he almost had a third goal there. I think if you saw that, he actually slipped while he was kicking it, but a real good attempt on goal there. Um, so not not just the goals, like you said, it's, it's everything else he was doing, the passes, the runs, putting pressure on the opposing team, and just being the life source for the team, building that momentum for them, just bringing that energy, that drive. So 
I, that's my mayor of the match as well. Vinicius Jr., great game. Just I can't wait to see what he's going to continue to do this season and, and the rest of his career. I, he, he's a fun player to watch, absolutely, for sure. So getting back into it, looking at the games ahead, there's lots of fun games coming up, but Joe and I, we chose Manchester United, Tin Hog, Manchester United versus Newcastle. And I think this is going to be another fun one. I don't expect a huge scoreline like that, but you never know because as Joe and I discussed during pre-show, Newcastle has a few players down right now. Um, so, and I, I believe that Manchester United, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe they just got at least one player back that was on the injured list. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how this transpires, but, Joe, going into this match, what are your initial thoughts? I think that both these teams would benefit from winning a game that results in them getting some hardware so that they can build upon that, not only the club, the the legacies of the clubs themselves, but just where they are within their season. I think it could probably be very beneficial to them to help with their belief in what they're doing in the league. So while it's not a league contest, and again, where they sit, close to each other on the table it's going to be an important match obviously again it being a final but i think the what probably both are looking to do is is to confirm themselves their their ability by winning something big winning a big game and and good teams great teams have to be challenged out throughout the season and this is just that type of contest for the both of them so i think it's going to be well contested i think it's going to be very close like you suggested and i'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how this turns out i mean i look, was looking back you know you have a manchester united team club that's won this five times you have newcastle that hasn't ever maybe it's in their desire to drive to wit to get themselves on the on the, their name on the trophy to win this this year and it could be it could just be their year yeah i agree i you know i've i've been really impressed both teams have had some some pretty good results this season uh up until late newcastle was just mm-hmm. tying every team in the league even some really good competitors so I, I think it's like you said, it's going to be a well contested match. And Tin Hog, Manchester United, I am so impressed with what he's done with the team this season and what he's going to continue to do up until the end. So um, it, it's going to be a good match. Those of, those of you that uh, haven't been following the situation or aren't aware, uh, Newcastle's star goalie, Pope is not going to be eligible to play this week due to getting carded a red card uh, in their last match. And that was an interesting play. And basically he ran out of the box. He was out of position and then he handballed it uh, either absentmindedly or intentionally. And it was just kind of a bizarre play. Joe, did you happen to see that? Yeah. You you get up and you do kind of wonder what's going through the mind of the goalkeeper in that instance there. And and that's what they that's what the red card is. It's denying an obvious goal scoring chance. That's why they have to to issue the red card and the suspension that follows. So I think that regardless of that, I mean, you still got quality backup goalkeepers, and I think that they'll be fine in that instance. I think that they have a strong defensive setup, and if they go at this with that mindset, I think that they will do well. Like you suggested, they're, they're not a team that gets beaten very often. Just the two losses in the league, and so with that being said. Is it going to be a contest that goes into extra time? Is it going to be a game that we're going to see penalties 
uh, Jeff, I don't know if we're ready for the prediction, but I was kind of edging towards that idea of where I see this game going. I think we're ready. I think we're ready. And, and by the way, I, I hope it is that kind of game. That sounds exciting. I would love to see that, you know? Um, yeah, that'd be great to see it go into extra time, but yeah, I'm going to let you go first this, this time, Joe, if you don't mind. Um, so yeah, go ahead. Whenever you're ready, let's hear that prediction. Well, I've all but put it out there in terms of the scoreline. So I'm going to continue with my thoughts and, and where I see this heading. And that is 1-1 at the end of regulation time. It's going to carry on. And I think Newcastle will, will hold off well to get it to penalties. But I see Manchester winning in penalties to raise the cup and win this final. So I have Manchester winning this in penalties. Okay, 1-1 regulation. And then it's going into penalties, and you have Manchester United winning. Okay, correct. Sounds good. Sounds good. I that would that would be a heck of a match. That would be fun to see. I for this upcoming one, it's another tough one. These are all tough games that we that we chose specifically because they're going to be close games for the most part. I'm going to go with. I like Tin Hog. I'm going to go Man U, Manchester United, the Reds, and I'm going to go 2 0. Okay. So, I mean, that's, I think that's fair as well. If they, if they come out and perform and maybe there's one way that they score the goal or another, did you, I, you know, I challenge you this oftentimes when, when you, when we have different opinions on how this will turn out, any particular way these goals were scored, is it, is it going to be controversial or is this going to be pretty straightforward? A, a dominating Manchester United team that goes and just puts up two goals against a Newcastle that might maybe depleted in somewhat in the sense of some personnel not being available. And they go from there, he would have gone there or just be fine with the prediction on the 2 0 scoreline. That's a good question. Um, I, I don't see it coming down to PKs like that. I think most of the goals are going to happen in play in large part due to the you know, strategic offense that Tin Hog has with the triangle formation and having the talent that they have, I think Rashford's going to come out and, and be ready. So no, I don't think there's going to be any fluke goals or anything weird. I think it's all going to be earned legitimate goals. And I, you know, I think Newcastle can compete, but I don't, I think this one, the Reds have. Okay, so we'll be looking forward to this match on Sunday to see how it uh, transpires there. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you everyone at home for watching. As always, please like, subscribe, feel free to comment. We, we'd love to see some engagement and hear from everyone out there. You are part of the Pitch Pod. We invite you to join the Pitch Pod as always. And thank you so much for watching and joining us. Okay, so that's going to do it, everybody. Keep pitching out there and have a fun time viewing this match. Bye. In a game, the round ball, round posts, anything can happen.